In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen, I'd like to welcome you to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you in our Perseverance Family. And as is our custom, we like to start off by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. Furthermore, when we pray that beautiful prayer the Hail Holy Queen, at the end of the Rosary, we also invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary and ask her to pray with us and to pray for us. As we say the prayer that Mary loves most, the angelic salutation, the Hail Mary. Together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. And our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. What a great grace it is to have with us our spiritual director, the Holy Spirit. Like Mary, the Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. The Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. The Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. It's also known as our counselor. Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master. St. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8 with these words. Says we really don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So we can lift our minds, our hearts, our souls to the Holy Spirit. And beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light in our intellect. As well as to give us our fire to burn within our hearts. As we pray, come Holy Spirit. 
fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit. They shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, Pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's true, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. My friends, I promise to pray for you in the greatest of all prayers. And the greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. No greater prayer than that. So I'd like to place all of you on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to offer the following intentions. First intention, I'd like to pray in a special way that all of us would make a concerted effort today to be open to the presence and power of the person of God that we call the Blessed, the Holy Spirit. Let's pray as such. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. My second intention, I'd like to pray in a special way for all of your families. For all of your families. For the conversion of of our family members for the sanctification of our family members 
the salvation of our family members. As Jesus says in the Gospel, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? The salvation of our soul is so very important. So we'll also pray today. We'll also pray today for those who will be dying this very day throughout the world. There will be there will be people who will be dying. We'll pray for Bonnie who died yesterday. But also pray for those who will be dying today. We really don't know, my friends, how many people will be dying today. That depends upon God. But we can pray that they would be given the grace of final conversion. That is the purpose of our life on earth. The few years that God has given to us is we're here. To know God, to love God, to serve God in this short life. And it is a short life. So as to be happy with Him forever in heaven. So my friends, those will be my intentions I'll place on the altar when I celebrate Holy Mass. A couple of other intentions. Starting this week, we start our our catechetical program. So I invite you to pray for our catechetical program. But also, also, uh, in Spanish this evening, we're going to be starting a course. Here you see a beautiful image of Divine Mercy and St. Faustina, who is the Secretary of Divine Mercy. So tonight I'll be starting a 10-week course on Mondays at 7 p.m. in the Church of St. Peter Chanel on the Diary of St. Faustina. Here's an image of Divine Mercy and St. Faustina Kowalska and then there's the uh, the diary right, right next to her in the time frame. It's going to be 10 weeks. We really want to delve into this wonderful spiritual classic, which is the Diary of Mercy in My Soul with St. Faustina Kowalska. So I invite you to pray for our our kickoff today with this new course in the Diary of St. Faustina. Next, got a lot of, a lot of programs starting this week. A lot of programs. Thanks be to God. And starting on Tuesday,
starting on Tuesday, invite you to come if possible. I'll be starting a new course. Yesterday, last night, I was uh, I was studying up for it, and I actually read the whole book last night. So, we're going to be having a program starting tomorrow at 7 o'clock in St. Peter's Chanel. It's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And this will be like another mini-retreat that we've been giving. It'll be on the book of Jonah. It's only four short chapters on the book of Jonah. We'll cover it God willing, in in three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Last night I read it, I read the commentary from the Didache, and I watched an animated vision of it, kind of like a cartoon vision of it, which I found to be fascinating. So, if you'd like to come to our mini-retreat on Jonah, that will be tomorrow night, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So let's enter into our conversation. Yesterday when I was doing some exercise, I for a few minutes I was watching the American Open where I had two of the best tennis players in the world playing. And I was just fascinated. They had a rally that went about five minutes and one of them lay down on the ground afterward the one that lost the rally. <laughs> but he's thinking, how expert athletes can become. Tennis players, baseball players, track runners, basketball players, any sport. All those professional athletes, they're so good at their sport. And it makes me think that St. Ignatius in the exercises, he speaks about doing spiritual exercises. So these tennis players have practiced thousands, thousands of hours to arrive at the finals the American Open. What do we do? What are we doing to strengthen our spiritual muscles? That's one of the reasons why we're here in the Perseverance family, to kind of flex out to do some spiritual reps to strengthen and fortify our spiritual, our spiritual muscles. giving you a lot of kind of announcements, but one last would be that tomorrow, <coughs> September 12th, is actually the titular feast day of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And tomorrow is another Marian feast day, especially important for the Oblates. It's a titular feast day for us. 
It's a titular feast day for us. Because it's a day in which we celebrate the holy name of Mary. If this is a day in which we made our first vows and our last vows, and those who are in formation make their temporary vows, That's why the founder of the Oblates, Venerable Father Brunelin Terry, he says that Mary is the foundress and the name of the congregation is the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, meaning we are an oblation, a, a total offering, a total offering to Jesus, but through the, through the hands of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, my friends, I ask you to pray for the oblates of the Virgin Mary. We have our, I have, we have our vocational director with us for a good week. Pray for more vocations, because the spirit, because the the harvest is rich, but the laborers are too few. So, over the past week, we've been meditating upon the reading of St. Paul to the Colossians. So I'd like to start off and lay on your hearts a couple of ideas from this. And as Maria Christina says, let's also pray for the victims of 9-11 and their families. May their souls rest in peace. Very good intention. 9-11. And it's interesting, as a result of 9-11, thank you, Maria Christina, John Paul II, shortly after that, he published the apostolic letter on the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary. And John Paul II actually mentioned that tragedy in his apostolic letter. And John Paul II was basically making a plea to the whole world to to pray to Mary. And he quotes Father Patrick Payton, the family that prays together stays together. And also Father Patrick Payton says, a world at prayer is a world at peace. So thank you, Maria Christina. We will... We will also pray in our Mass, we'll pray in our Holy Hours, we'll pray for the victims and their families. And we'll pray also that we'll be able to live out that beatitude in as much as we can. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. So we're moving into the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. So let's just start off reading and commenting from this inspiring letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. It says, brothers and sisters, that's important, brothers and sisters, because all of us, all of us in this perseverance family, we're all, we're all brothers and sisters. We're baptized. 
So God is our Father. Jesus Christ is our older brother. And all of us are brothers and sisters of Christ. And Mary is our mother. So St. Paul starts off by saying brothers and sisters. Then he goes on to say, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Let's um, pause and make a comment on that verse. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Let's talk briefly about suffering. Now, whether we like it or not, my friends, part of the human condition is the reality of suffering. Whether we like it or not, suffering is part and parcel of of being part of the human family. However, suffering can make us either better or bitter. That's right. Suffering can make, make us either better or bitter. Either the one or the other. In and of itself, suffering is neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It all depends upon it all depends on what we do with our suffering. If we have a supernatural perspective or understanding of suffering, then suffering has infinite value. I repeat, if we have a supernatural understanding of suffering, suffering has an infinite value. But we have to learn to understand that. One of the things that our good parents and the nuns, the sisters used to teach us more than 50 years ago, were these words. Three words. Offer it up. Have you ever heard those words? As children, in the past, we would hear those words from our parents as well as from the good nuns that taught us. Those three words. Offer it up. Have you heard those words? Not now you've heard them. Offer it up. Now, it might sound like it's a cliche or a pious platitude, or, but really, it's uh, those those three words are very important. Offer it up. And we have parents here, some of you are even grandparents. Why not speak to your children and grandparents, your grandchildren? Uh, offer it up. Don't waste your suffering. Don't waste it. Now you might say, well, Father, what, do you, what exactly do you mean, offer it up? Good question. And 
I would say understanding it especially in two ways. Number one is when you're suffering, say for example you have a headache today. Okay, offer it up, united to the cross of Christ. You can unite your headache to the cross of Christ. And by the way, he's got a crown of thorns on his head. Offer it to the cross of Christ. Now, of greatest importance is uniting it to the cross of Christ, but let's expound upon this a little bit more. Let's unite it. Let's unite this, my friends, to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I'm sure you are aware of this. Every church or chapel where the Mass is being offered, there's always going to be an altar, but also behind the altar on the wall. You're always going to notice that there's, there's, there's a cross on the wall. There's a cross on the wall. And also, this you're maybe not aware of, but even on the altar, the liturgical norms says that the priest should have a cross on the altar. Now you might say, well, why do you have the cross on the wall as well as on the altar in front of the priest? It's another good question, and I'll respond to it. And it's every time that a Catholic priest is celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, then what is happening in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, my friends, is Calvary. What happened on Calvary 2,000 years ago? When Jesus was crucified and he hung on the cross from 12 to about 3 p.m. At 3 p.m. would be the mercy hour. He shed his blood and his heart was pierced with a lance from which Blood and water came gushing forth. When the Mass is celebrated, when the Mass is celebrated, then what happened on Calvary on Good Friday 2,000 years ago is being renewed every Mass. That's why you've got the cross before the eyes of the priests and you got the cross on the wall. So that we can call to our mind what is happening invisibly is really happening, mystically. So all the fruits of the passion and death of Christ on Calvary are applied in every holy sacrifice of the Mass. So where am I heading with this topic? Related to St. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake.
is that you are called in the Mass that you're participating in to place your life place your life but most especially place your suffering on the altar on the paten in the chalice so that when the priest lifts up the host and he lifts up the chalice the host being transformed by transubstantiation and the blood the wine being transformed by trans transubstantiation in the body and blood of Christ your suffering is being offered on high to God himself and many many souls can be saved many many souls can be saved given that we're going to be starting our divine mercy talks today Jesus said to St Faustina and to us that his heart aches because so many so few people approach him with confidence Jesus loves it Jesus loves it Jesus loves it when we come to him and we beg him with bold confidence for many things and great things often we receive very little because we're asking for very little so we receive very little because we ask for very little you know my friends what i do at times this may this may shock you but when i celebrate the holy sacrifice of the mass as i will today Oh, beg the Lord. Lord, you want me to ask with bold confidence, so that I will do. They say, Lord, I pray that through this holy sacrifice of the Mass, in which through my hands and my words, I'll be lifting up the host, I'll be lifting up the chalice, which is yourself. I pray that a million souls will be saved in this one mass what do you think do you think that i'm asking for too much do you think that maybe i'm going overboard i'm going over the top do you think maybe i'm exaggerating do you think maybe i'm going overboard 
Honestly, I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think so. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be open. I heard an acronym for that. A-S-K, ask. Ask, seek, knock. You like that? So I don't feel, sometimes I actually hear, it's like an interlocution, you're asking for too little, ask for more. My friends, we're living in very difficult times. We're, we're living in very, very difficult times. Very difficult times. That's why where sin abounds, the mercy of a God abounds all the more. So ask. Ask, seek, knock. You like that? It's a good acronym, isn't it? Ask. Ask, seek, knock. That's from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be open. So if we ask for a little, we will receive little. But if we ask for the skies, we ask for the skies, the skies will be ours. I love acronyms. I think two weeks ago, I... I was doing a mission appeal and I had a little break and I was listening to a Protestant pastor during my break and he was preaching with a lot of enthusiasm and he he gave another acronym that I'd never heard before. Here's another acronym for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here's another acronym. You ready? So our secretary, Carmen, get your fingers ready. It's push. It's push. And that push is pray until something happens. You like that? It's a good one, isn't it? Pray until something happens. I really like these acronyms. I really like these acronyms. Then there's another one I heard from another Protestant pastor. Hopefully you're not being scandalized that I'm taking sayings from Protestant pastors and I'm baptizing them as Catholics. This one is related to one of the most important topics is 
in, a, in, in theology, we spend a whole semester just studying this one word, grace. This one I learned from Adrian Rogers, a, a Baptist preacher, very good man, with a lot of very good, noble ideas that I've taken some of his ideas <coughs> in my talks. It's grace. Here's another one for you. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. You like that? God's riches at Christ's expense. There's another one for us. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. So we should pray we should pray that we, we grow in grace. And of course we can grow in grace by turning to Mary. Mary who is truly Mary who is truly the, the full of grace. Mary is the full of grace. So that's one idea. That's one idea I just like to glean from Colossians. My style is I'll take like a verse or two and I'll explain it. This is my style to give the, the, the verse, the interpretation, and then the application. So the application, the application, well, given that you, all of you are really, you're real, I'm really on a roll with the acronyms, I'll give you one more. Valerie really likes these acronyms. Maybe some of you are, are catechists. If you're catechists, you can actually use them. Here's one that, um, that one of my friends told me a couple years ago. And it's ASAP. Now, as soon as you hear that, ASAP, you're going to say, as soon as possible. That's true. But you can also, ASAP would, would be, always say a prayer. Do you like that? There you have it. So ASAP, you're going to say, as soon as possible, my friend. But ASAP, we can, we can baptize that. <coughs> We can Christianize that. You got it there? Thank you, Carmen. ASAP, always say a prayer. There we have it. So what we're trying to do is we're really, we're sanctifying a lot of these words by these kind of catchy acronyms. Catchy acronyms. Catchy, attractive acronyms. These are mnemonic devices that can help. They can help us to um, learn concepts by these catchy words. So, Mary Jo has already written them in her notebook. Very good. <laughs> you can maybe put them on your refrigerator door. There, you can see them in your. Family members will be able to will be able to also follow along. So, my friends, uh, 
the, the, the responsorial psalm, uh, what I like to do often is, is I like to take the responsorial psalm and, well, we'll be, even before that, I just finish up on, on suffering. Just finish up on suffering, where St. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings. So, don't forget that when you are suffering, to offer it up. That you can do by the, the beginning of the day, <coughs> you say your morning offering. But say, for example, you have some type of suffering during the day, unite it to the cross, and then place that that suffering on the on the altar. So that when the priest lifts up the chalice and he lifts up the the um, patent, he's lifting up Christ to God the Father, but he's lifting up he's also lifting you up in your sufferings. And so don't forget about that. And related to suffering don't waste your suffering. It here's another one liner. It either can make you better or bitter. You might even write that down. It can make you either better or bitter. Better or bitter. Better or bitter. We want to be bettered by it. And not become embittered. So not to forget Not to forget that the suffering suffering can encapsulate many different facets or dimensions in our in our life. Suffering can take on different forms, sizes and shapes. Obviously, when we think about suffering, often we think about physical suffering, and we can't deny that. When you got a headache, you got a headache. When you got a toothache, you got a toothache. When you got a stomachache, you got a stomachache. So we cannot deny the reality of physical suffering. And Jesus, when he suffered on the cross, he suffered in many ways. But the most obvious would be the physical suffering that he underwent by being nailed to the cross. And many say that. Part of his suffering was also the fact that he couldn't even breathe anymore. He died of asphyxiation because his body was sinking in the pulmonary cavity with the the liquid ascending made it more difficult for him even to breathe. So we cannot deny the reality of physical suffering. Yes, we cannot deny the reality of physical suffering. But I think we've got to go beyond that. I think we have to go beyond that. Let me tell you. Um, let me tell you a, a story, a personal anecdote to kind of flesh this out. Now, there's going to be the Eucharistic Congress in Indiana uh, next year. I had the privilege of going to the Eucharistic Congress when I finished my second year at the university and it was actually in Philadelphia in 1976. It was one of the first times we had in the United States. And um, so 
the uh, the theme was maybe you've heard the song "Bread of Finest Wheat." Bread of Finest Wheat, which is one of my favorite Eucharistic hymns. Bread of Finest Wheat was actually the the theme song of the Eucharistic Congress in 1976. Pope Paul VI was planning to go, but he was not feeling up to it. But related to our topic of suffering, and to offer it up, not to waste suffering, is the following. Is the following. After some of the conferences in the Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia, there were many um, tables outside the conference hall in the convention center of, of Philly. And there were various, today we call, we call them ministries, but back, back 50 years ago they would they would actually call them apostolates. It's the same thing. But how languages, vocabulary sometimes evolves and changes in time. And they would have these tables with different apostolates. The Focolari, the Legion of Mary, the, the, Pentec- the, the Charismatics, the Neocatechumens, the Catechists, uh, Eucharistic adoration, uh, communion and liberation. All these different, all these different um, apostolates, so we say ministries. Apostolates are ministries. So I went outside, and one one of the reasons I like to go outside because they gave me free literature. I remember when I went back home, I was just loaded down with all these pamphlets and prayer cards and literature. I'd have to say that I, I was spiritually gluttonous for all those freebies that were given to me, the free cards and pamphlets. I brought it back home. My parents live in Massachusetts. It was stored there for several years. But getting back to the point, of suffering. What I remember most in the visit was that there was a man sitting in a table in the corner, somewhat inconspicuous. And not too many people were approaching his table, but I, I felt drawn to it. And the man was a relatively young man and uh, maybe in his early 30s, he was sitting in a wheelchair. So I drew close, and he had the big sign on the top, and it said, the apostolate of suffering. The apostolate of suffering And intrigued, fascinated by this whole idea of the apostolate of suffering, 
I wondered what that meant. And in Villanova, I was doing a lot of reading. I was an English major. I had a really good spiritual director, and I'd read The Imitation of Christ. And Sister Josepha Menendez, I saw a little clip on Sister Josepha Menendez, who was a Spanish nun born in Madrid. She actually goes to France, and she has a vision of herself actually planted in hell. And she wrote the book Way of Divine Love. And she promoted God's mercy, but also the reality of hell. She actually experienced the sufferings of hell. Her name is Sister Josefa Menendez. So I approached this man, sitting in a wheelchair. And I asked him, What is this idea you have written here, the apostle of suffering, as the man sat in his wheelchair? And he explained to me. He said that he had been in a car accident years ago. And despite all modern medicine and operations, he'd never be able to get up and walk again. But he was going to be confined to this wheelchair the rest of his life. He said through prayer and through through prayer and spiritual direction, the Holy Spirit enlighten him to understand that his apostolic work would be specifically that is that he was called to accept his paralysis, being confined to a wheelchair, but not to become disgruntled or angry or bitter, because suffering can make us better or bitter. We've already mentioned that a couple of times. But rather to accept his suffering, accept his cross, and then to unite his cross his suffering to the cross of Christ. And united suffering to the cross of Christ as well as to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. For the sake of sinners, the conversion of sinners, for the sanctification of the church, for the sanctification of priests, for the souls in purgatory. And I was, I was intrigued, I was fascinated by this man 
young man sitting in a wheelchair, relatively young, not able to move that much, with a big sign on top, the apostolate of suffering. That experience I had, that experience I had, my friends, was the best way for me to really understand what I what I was reading in St. John of the Cross, The Dark Night of the Soul. What I was reading in The Imitation of Christ. And my spiritual director had given me Sister Josefa Menendez and Carmen might even write down The Way of Divine Love. Carmen, could you write that down? The name of the book is The Way of Divine Love by Sister Josefa Menendez. So by having that experience, having that experience of this man and his paralysis and his suffering, I was able to go from book knowledge to actual experience. You know, my friends, there's many ways in which we can There's many ways, my friends, in which we can learn. Thank you, Carmen. We can learn by book reading, and we have we should do that, by reading good articles. We can also learn audio way. For example, right now I'm teaching you through an audio version, but also visual by this Facebook presentation. But also, my friends, another way we can learn is we can learn through our own experience. I say that one of the best books out there is the book of nature as well as the book of our own experience. The book of our own experience. So, my friends, we've had a very good conversation with a lot of acronyms, a lot of stories, a lot of lot of intervention on your part. Maria Christine is going to the 8.30 Mass and she'll be praying for all of us. Thank you very much, Maria Christine. We'll pray for you in your, in your difficult situation at work. And I'd like to give you my priestly blessing and pray for my projects, the Divine Mercy the book of Jonah, the catechetic. I've got a lot on my plate, so I really would appreciate you to pray for me as I'll be praying for you. So I'll give you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless all of you in your sufferings, your families, in your projects. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the words of St. Francis, we adore you, Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Amen.